Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Can you keep your little tiny tongue in your mouth? Oh my God, you think my tongue is tiny? That's so nice. The way you're doing it, you're making it like a little, like, then you do have a long lizard tongue, though. I have a really fucking long tongue. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, your whole body is just long. <laughs> I was just stretched. <laughs> See, this is in my lore. God didn't make me. A saltwater taffy maker made me. Just stretched me out. Each little bit in piece. I'm pretty long. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about other parts of me. Is there any part of me that's not long? I don't have very long eyelashes. That's about it. My boobs aren't long. But I think like 
they could eventually the they will get long. <laughs> you know, if I'm so lucky to be able to breastfeed, I think think they'll extend downward. Yeah, I have long fingers. I have long toes. I have long teeth. Even like my front teeth are pretty long, but they're also just then you get them shaved angled. down. I've got well, I've gotten them shaved down like ninety five fucking <laughs> times. They like are like we can't shave anymore because it's just gonna like you used to like Nerve almost damage. not even be literally like they're like, once you can start feeling it like no, but you used to not even be able to like see almost my bottom teeth. But it's a combination of I have long rabbit teeth. But also, they're not a right angle. They're go, they're they're sticking out a little. But Invisalign is not in my journey, and that's okay. Could have had it free so many times. Yeah, and then they found out they're like, "Oh, your jaw's messed up." And legally, we don't want to take that on. Mm-mm. I'm like, that's fine. It's fine. I always wanted, you know, I've said before, I've always wanted braces. I always wanted a cast for people to sign. Really, what I wanted was attention. Both those things you can get. But like fake, you could get some fake braces and some fake casts. I used to take a paper clip and like put it on my teeth and be like. Everybody did that. Retainer. Yeah, retainer. Honestly, I wanted a retainer more than I wanted braces. Like, cause like a retainer you could pop out, but like taking out a retainer's no offense to retainer disgusting. It's disgusting. It's, it's like spit. And then sometimes they gotta go. Yeah, ew. It's like you can decide if you're gonna spit underneath. with it. Or you're going to, like, suck it in. Like, in, mm-hmm. I had to go dumpster diving for my friend's retainer once. We were knee-deep in refried beans trying to find it because she threw it away for, like, the ninth time. We never found it. Yeah. Sister Megan has a permanent one. Hey, I stuck it in there. Mm. That seems logical. Yeah, because then it doesn't get juicy. Yeah. It's just there. And it's behind your teeth. Yeah, someone's popped out and it, like, cut them. But I don't remember who it was. Anyways, hi, welcome to Don't Blame Me, your wonderful podcast starring two people who are the best and the and the most beautiful and coolest people you want to be friends you with. You can stop anytime. <laughs> You're frozen, and it was so fucking funny because you were literally just frozen where your head, you were just, you were just hair, and it was as if, I was doing that on purpose, though. I kept getting lower and lower until it was here. So it wasn't that frozen. Shoddy got low, 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 low. Do you want Mons and I talked about in the car ride? I was like, who is the first person? Not the first person who used the term shorty, shoddy. I want to know who is the first recipient. Like when that was became like who was who was who's the original? You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Like who's the sh- who's the muse? <laughs> I think that about a lot of sayings. Like who's the first person that said that? Literally, like I don't care who said it. I want to know who was on the other side. And I think about like before the uh, before we had like internet and stuff, and people just the words just got spread. I know. I think about that with like you know some. It's like in music, so like you, I could see that. But then there are others that like. I heard about them before I heard them in songs. And so I'm like, so yeah. how did how did we all or like the rumors that circulate the childhood playground, like everyone heard the one that Marilyn Manson, awful mm-hmm. person, removed a rib mm-hmm. to suck his own dick. And mm-hmm. apparently I'm like, so why did every elementary school everyone knew <laughs> hear it. that rumor? Yeah, because apparently it's not true. So why do we all know it? It's, right. There are a lot of others. 
We owe Sierra an apology. I, Melissa, no. I was just about to say that. And I was like, do we even want to go there? I'm like, not going to say what it is, but I'm just saying we all. Oh, I never said it because I thought it was awful. Same thing was going around about Lady Gaga, too. Truly, like, just the fascination that, like, mm-hmm. with genitalia is so creepy. And even if they did, so what? Truly. Like, and, like we're supposed to feel misled. And like mm-hmm. offended and upset that we weren't privy to your genit. I don't know. Most famous people, I've never seen their genitalia. Like, no, I don't need to. Most of the ones that we have seen was fake anyway. Or against my will because Twitter doesn't censor images. Yeah, that's true. And I don't need to see the teen wolf boys fapping those dicks. When I tell you that I was like, I'm about to unfollow every fucking person who's posted this or like just I don't want to see a surprise dick on my timeline. Yeah. It's un-American. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to our advice podcast where we give you advice. We do not give you unsolicited dick pics. You were ripping that up for something for me to say and I was like this is new. You didn't <laughs> prep like, me before. Take this away. You got this. No, I won't even send an unsolicited. Like, I'll when I get a dick pic, not from anyone I know. Obviously, I'll be like, Melissa, can I can I show you this? Like, I'm not, I'm not even gonna let, I'm not even gonna surprise those people with it. Anyways, it's rude. It also, it gets a lot. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, welcome. To Don't blame me. And you just said it was a advice <laughs> podcast where we give advice. Okay. Um. So, <laughs> what makes us qualified to give advice? You may ask. We exist. We're here. We're mm-hmm. gorgeous. We're funny. And mm-hmm. we have a podcast. So not we're women with a podcast. So naturally that yeah. makes us experts in our field. Right. Been here since 2017. Before Andrew Tate. I can't believe he got arrested. I'm so excited. The thing is, I did not know. Remember, I was refusing to look into who this man oh, yeah. was in any so time. You know but now, now? <laughs> now that he's been arrested... I have looked into who he is because now, you know, there's something being done about it. Then I'm like, yeah, this man is awful. I don't even know what he looked like. Bald, obviously. Yeah, but now I do. And he's an idiot. And I truly, the way that he got caught. (laughs) What's that? I'm embarrassed for him. It's really like serendipitous to be honest because of how awful he is who he was attacking he got cocky was talking about not recycling pizza boxes and then that was what did him in Ooh, it's the pizza boxes to sex trafficking pipeline that pizzagate mm-hmm. has been looking for <laughs> exactly exactly it it's it, It's been there the whole time. It's right under our nose. Oh, my God. It it fucking killed me. I could not be happier. And it's an exciting day. That was a while ago. But anyways, um, yes, we have a podcast and it's great and it's wonderful. And you're going to listen or you're not, in which case you're here and you're listening. So just stay. It's a good time. If you're wondering how to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. So you record your voice in whatever mechanism 
then we play your call and we give you advice. But in order to give you the best, most pertinent, accurate, helpful, maybe a little toxic advice, we need to know all the information. So first and foremost, you'd be aging or over, have your parents' permission. We do ask that you include ages. So our advice about like relationships, school, dating, job is going to be very different if you're 21 and if you're like 36. Different life stages. And if it's about relationships or truly like if it involves any other people, also include their ages. You can include pronouns if you would like to and include as much information as possible. But the best way to do that is write it all down first, then time it out. So without your phone, without your sundial, without your hourglass, keep it under three minutes from like the time that you literally start talking, not the beep on the voicemail and practice a couple of times. Make sure you are within the time limits. If you need to add some more info, do it. We love the drama. We love we love the gossip. Don't refrain from that. Like you don't have to tell us you like us. Like, I mean, we love to hear it. But if that means you're cutting out like got a witch to do a succubus dream, which is a real call, like we need we want that. Like give us that. Oh, and then read it when you're recording, like a script, like a play, like Shakespeare, like a monologue. We're not asking for improv. Don't need to improv. This is an open book test. Do you know how I know I had like reading and learning and math problems? Open book test meant nothing to me. I was like, it doesn't fucking matter if I have the equations I need to do right there. Woo. It would be the best circumstance for me to attempt to succeed. I need it to be multiple choice and I need it to be open book or I need it to be an English test. <laughs> and then I'm good. I think about open book now and I'm like, do they use computers to do it? Because if so, you can pretty much anything you have a question, if it's written in a question form, you can just type the question and the answer will come right up. I don't think I think you still have to do books or sometimes they would give us like small note cards or like a whole page of paper you could write them on. At my niece's school, they don't even have books. They use I mean, they're textbooks, but they're just on their iPads that they get. Oh, maybe. I feel like I already was really good. at. I was already really good at cheating. And I feel like I would have only gotten better with the age of technology. Like I. But is it cheating? Like if the information is there, like at a fingertip, it's not like I feel like because. What school is trying to do is prepare you. This is more philosophical than an actual, you know, right or wrong thing. But school is to prepare you for the real Real world. world. And if the information is already there, it's not cheating. It's just using the resources that are already there to find the answer, which is the whole point. I had one teacher who that was like his MO. He was like when people would get annoyed that I like wasn't failing. And he was like, she's work smarter, not harder. And he was like, it's irrelevant. Like how she got the information. Like, this is life. Life isn't fair. Like you got to figure it out. Be scrappy. Get whatever you can get. Like do whatever you can do. I don't really care how it ends up happening. Um, But like I used to store when we didn't have open book tests and we would just have like, we were allowed to have a, what are the big calculator calls? What are the big ones? Oh, the TI-89. <laughs> Isn't there a name for them? The 89. Uh, I thought there was like a, a something, but I don't know. We used to call them the big calculators. I mean, the smart kids didn't, but us normal people, we would call them the big calcs. So I used to add in like, there was like a note section in there and I would like add answers as much as I could in there. Or I'm sure I've told this one before. I used to write my notes or answers on my like upper thigh. And then I was like, well, if a teacher comments, I'll just be like, why are you looking at my upper thigh? And you know what? I graduated high school. So 
whatever. You graduated high school and got into college. Yeah, but you know, I said you that, got in. Just leave it there. No, just I know, but I know, but you're. I just want everyone to know. I I got into the participation awards of colleges. Like I don't think they were. Trying it doesn't to matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I said, um, leave it there. And you just kept going. I just didn't want anyone to think. Well, of course, no one's thinking I went to Cornell. No one Anyways. was thinking it. We <gasps> just leave. <gasps> just leave it there, Megan. Okay, I dropped it. We're leaving it there. We're leaving it there. Okay, that is uh, the intro to this podcast. So we're doing a little bit of a different format today because people are busy. Oh, okay, I didn't know if we were going to shame them or be understanding. Mm-mm gonna be understanding we have more don't blame thems than calls this week and we are really selective with the calls which is not to deter you to not call in like please call in but we're also really cognizant of what other episodes we've done and things that have already been done over and over again and certain calls that are just we have absolutely no advice to give and they just are triggering for like the mass majority of the audience so we don't have ones that we think are going to be like new and or useful and or entertaining. So we've got a couple, but we're going to supplement with some more butter. Supplement with some more. Don't blame them. God, that. Why is it so hard for me to say? I don't know. But I do want to add that we had several calls and we've already done this so many times for people that are either moving in for the first time with their significant other or their long distance and starting to move in this starting to live in the same place or a combination of both we've done like if you have that question just type in search engine don't blame me moving in with partner something like that you'll find we've done this question so many times now and we're going to put a pause on it because yeah. i don't know how many more times we can answer this question I dare you anyone to give us like how unique could it be? Like you're moving to Antarctica and it's because he gave you a treasure map to get there. Like you, you gotta, mm-hmm. it, you, unless we're there, they're all relatively similar in the advice that we would also give. So, but really utilize the search feature. That's how like last week I was able to find some like a reference to an old call from a different episode like it's really it's it's pretty easy like our titles are catchy and 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 raunchy salacious but the descriptions are really descriptive and so you can Mm -hmm. find the calls that way so oh did i say our names what's your name who are you my name is megan rakes my name is melissa diamond mons and do you know why my name starts with an M. Because you're a miracle. I am. Or menace. Both. Do you know why your name has an H in it? <laughs> because you're, I, I'm Irish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the potatoes. The Irish. The potatoes and the cabbage. Sorry to my ancestors. <laughs> my bad. Anyway. Ooh. So. Shall we get into the first one? Let's do it. Sorry, cut you off. Hey, Megan and Melissa. I'm a 22-year-old who identifies with she, her pronouns. I'd like to give a content warning before I begin because there is talk of disordered eating and fat phobia in this call. I live five hours away from my hometown. I'm the oldest daughter of three. It's me, my sister, she, her, who is 17, and my brother, who is 14, he, him. 
My mom, she, her, and dad, he, him, are still together, and everyone in the house but my brother hates my dad. This is because my brother has Down syndrome and doesn't understand or recognize my father's emotionally abusive behavior. Growing up, I was more of a parent to myself and my siblings than my father was. He always forgot when he had to pick us up from school, he wouldn't feed us when my mom was on business trips, and he constantly was commenting on my food, body, and clothes when I was growing up. He is extremely fatphobic, and now he has heart issues and is paying close attention to his own food for a specific medical needs. All this to say, my father has always been emotionally abusive and focused on food a lot. I have been wanting to cut him off for a long while, but it is difficult as my parents are together and my siblings still live in the same home as him, and I love them too much. I didn't go home for Thanksgiving, so I wouldn't have to spend a food-centric holiday with him. But a few days before I went home for Christmas, I invited him and my mom to Zoom into my therapy session so that my therapist could talk about food neutrality and how to support me in my disordered thoughts around food while I came home for the holiday. On Christmas Eve, he asked my mom if sweet potato skins are, quote, good for you. I turned around and expected him to realize that that was harmful to me and my mindset and I am trying to de- deconstruct. He then asked me directly, and I responded in a therapized way, saying that the nutrients saying the nutrients, but reminding him food is a neutral thing. He scoffed and walked away. Two days later, I spoke up for myself and told him how hurtful that was and how when he forgot the name of my oldest friend from high school, which was unbelievable, was also very hurtful. I told him how I don't feel seen or feel respected. He rebutted with saying how he didn't ask me and immediately knew it was wrong when he said, is food good for you? It was a moment I realized he was actively trying to gaslight me and tell me that he didn't say what he clearly did say to me. I decided I was done officially. When he realized he couldn't win the argument, he brought up things I did some to 10 years ago when I was still a child, middle school age. The discussion escalated quickly and I excused myself. Upstairs, my fiance had already patched and we agreed to leave three days early. I told my dad I never want to talk to him again or see him. And I'm serious this time. Do you have any advice on how to successfully cut him off and keep him, keep him cut off? and not feel like I'm abandoning my family, mom and sister. Totally understand, but I still feel guilty. And how do I support my mom who has mentioned recently that she is trying to get out of this marriage and how to support her while trying to win custody? I am also the deconstructing fat phobia caller from the November 7th episode, Feeling Misled on a Date, in case that helps. I love the podcast. Love you both. So nice. I mean, you're nice, not your your dad. I want to give like empathy because it is really hard to cut people off when it's really hard to cut people off in general. And it's also really, it's never anyone's first choice. Like it's never anyone's like goal. It's never anyone's intention. Like that's like literally the last resort. And it's really, I can imagine it's even harder when you are trying to remain, you've got a good relationship with other people who, are in their lives and at a like high capacity like you know i i have like full no contact with a part of my family and that's like it's really easy because i don't have any other like family members there's still some people that are shared in that way but i've just set really clear boundaries with them but it's not the same thing as yours like i think that this is a lot harder but I think honestly, like no one really knows how to do this because it's not natural. And I don't mean that. And that's a way that like, oh, something we shouldn't do. But like we're taught that the people who brought us into this world and who raised us like love us unconditionally and all of that. So like 
when they don't, there's not really like a handbook or a playbook on next steps forward from that. And a lot of communities that are like, you know, talk about no contact or low low contact, there's not really like an instruction step-by-step kind of thing. There's helpful ways to get out of a dangerous situation, but, you know, it's kind of like an ebb and flow and you might slip back into contact and then be like, okay, no, that wasn't a good idea. But the best thing I think to do is just talk it through, like talk it through with your therapist, talk it through with yourself. If that means like writing everything down and talk about it with your sibling in an age appropriate way of being like, you know, I want you to know that I am unable to have a relationship with dad at this point. And I'm really sad about that. I really wish that he was different, but he's not. And I need to protect my healing, my recovery, and like my future by separating that relationship. But I want you to know that like that has nothing to do with you. And like if you at any point feel like you don't want to have a relationship with dad, like I'm here to help you. If you continue to want to have a relationship with him, like we will have our own relationship. Like I'm not, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm doing this for me so I can also be the best sister for you. And then what I would say to your mom is just like, you know, I like same thing. Like I can't have a relationship with him anymore. And I know that you said that you're looking to get out of this marriage. I am willing and able to help you in whatever capacity that I feel up to. But I need us to like have some clear boundaries. Like I, if you want her to clue you in and like help her look for apartments or something, but like if she wants to use you as a therapist, I don't think that's productive for either of you. And if it's detrimental to you, it's not going to be beneficial to her. And so just saying like, I'm processing through my own feelings about dad in therapy So I can be here for the logistic stuff and for planning stuff. Like if you need me to like watch the siblings for a weekend, if you need me to like help you find a different school district for them, like where you move into whatever that is, like I'm here for that kind of stuff. But for the emotional labor, I would recommend like seeing um, a therapist because I just know that I'm not I'm not going to be able to give you the help that you need because he wasn't my husband. He was my dad. So our relationship is different. And I don't think like you're, you said, I think you said your fiance, but like you haven't been married. You're younger. It's just like, I just, I don't have, I can't relate. And I haven't had that lived experience. So I don't feel comfortable being your confidant in that because I just think that would do a disservice to you as well in like your journey. So that's kind of really it. And, you know, you block numbers and you you don't open <laughs> mail or packet, whatever. Like, you just don't do that. And I would also have a conversation with your fiance about, like, what the boundaries are and that it's like, they, I don't want to hear about this. I want you to block them as well, whatever. And it sounds weird to say, but, like, from a logistic standpoint, it is a lot easier than you'd think it is. Like, because again, it's nobody's first choice. And yes, people will not go quietly and they won't do it without a fight. But that like, (laughs) it'll be like a fog has lifted. Like there's an ease of life when you've cut out 
a horrible person, that that is invigorating. Like that is like, it's like, I'm going to chase that for the rest of fucking forever. Like I'm not fucking going back. Like that's something that is really does. It's what sustains. And if you go on any of the subreddits for like, you know, narcissistic parents or no contact with families or whatever, like people will say, you don't realize how much it has kind of snuck its way into like every crevice of your life until you eradicate it. And life's just a lot better. And it feels natural to just continue on what what makes you feel better. And so those decisions I found personally, I didn't have to think so hard about them in the moment. Like I thought about them before and I like, you know, tried to plan for different outcomes, but it was so black and white when it like finally came down to it that like one of these things I'm miserable and the other one, like I'm fucking released. And so that's a really easy indicator and it's just innate for you to follow that feeling yeah and I'll just add on how you said that you wanted how to like talk to your mom essentially what you're doing is the same thing that she wants to do is divorcing you're ending your relationship with your dad she's going to or pursuing or has talked to you about wanting to do the same thing she feels the same way about him that you do you you I'm just saying what you said you said that she also hates him along with you so just let her know that like I I'm going through the same things mine's it's different because it's a different type of relationship and we don't have like a legal bond together but emotionally this is what I can handle these are my boundaries I'll support you as you go through this I know it's going to be might be more difficult for you But, you know, I'm here whenever you're on the other side of it. Yeah, that is it is like similar to a divorce. It's a divorce Mm -hmm. without the paperwork. Yeah. So I'm happy for you that this is a decision that you um, are going to make because I know it's not anyone's first choice. And I know it's not anything that comes easily. But I also know when you want to do it, it's so fucking necessary and it's. Again, it's a night and day difference. So I'm I'm excited for you to, for the first time in your life, like not have this like energy soul sucking presence or voice in the back of your head that like, mm-hmm. and it takes a bit to unlearn that, but it's like, it's like, I don't want to say chasing a high, but it's just like, it's like running towards the sun. Like it's something that's just so like, oh yeah, like I'm fucking freezing cold and this is where like I'm going. And it is a very, very reassuring thing. I don't know anybody who's ever regretted it. But yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that this, it has gotten to this point, but I don't think you'll like, you're, I don't think your relationship with your mom or your sibling will suffer. Mm -hmm. All right, next call. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am 20 years old. I use she, her pronouns, and I just need some advice regarding my upcoming 21st birthday. My birthday is in about a month, and I'm just not really sure how to approach it with my family. For some background, I don't drink. I have some trauma regarding alcohol, and it's not something I've ever been interested in. But my problem is I know my family is going to push me to drink once I am of age. I really don't want to explain to them why I plan on being sober forever because 
they are the reason. This is a really big trigger for me, just even being around people who are drinking. I've recently started going back to therapy, and I'm trying to work through some of it, but I'm not close with my family. Uh, I do live at home with my mom, so I need to maintain some peace, but I'm not sure the best way to do it. I'm mostly worried about my dad and stepmom pressuring me, though, because it's happened in the past where they've tried to get me to try their drinks. I'm worried about turning this age in general, too, because it's going to be much harder for me to avoid the conversations of why I don't drink. I know that you two don't really drink much, so I'm hoping you'll have some advice on how to handle this. I'd really appreciate any tips on how to navigate these situations. Uh, Thank you both so much. I think it's strange when anyone tries to force anyone to drink, but especially parents of people that are underage. That's it's weird. It's like, why? Why do you care so much? If I went to taste a drink, I could get the virgin version of it. Mm-hmm. And when I come home, like my parents offer, like if they have a drink, they'll offer me something. And I've told them a million times that I don't drink. And I will just keep, keep continuing to tell them. Like when they ask, I just say, I, I don't drink. Remember, I don't drink. And then that's that. No one asks why, but uh, just say, I don't want to. But uh, that's like the easiest thing is I don't want to. If I wanted to, I would. Anyone that's under 21, over 21, if they want alcohol, they can get it. That's the thing. Like if you wanted to drink, your parents seem like your dad and stepmom are fine with you drinking. So if you wanted to drink, you would. Um, I even had, um, I went to the the event with the Pringles man. (laughs) Someone there asked me, like, they're like, you're in town for blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I'll be here for a few weeks. So like, let's go to brunch and get drunk. And I said, I don't drink. And they just left it there. Like, you eat, we can just go eat. And I was like, okay, I'm not going. But um, shocked. But that, (laughs) yeah, but that is like, I just feel like when you just tell people that you don't drink, most, the majority of people respect that. The majority of people don't ask why, just say, and if they do, I don't drink and move forward. Yeah, I do think that like that is an age thing. Like I think like people now really don't ask me, but like when I was 20, like it was a what, why, why? Like, and even when I was like 23, maybe like 24, like, and like, honestly, normalize lying. Like if you don't want to tell the truth, especially to your family, just be like, it gives me really bad heartburn and I don't like it. Or just like, it makes me throw up. It makes me really nauseous. I really hate the taste of it. I just think it's so gross. I've drank and like you can lie and be like, yeah, I've like drank before and like I just I just don't like it and I I don't have any desire to like it. Or you can describe it like, you know how when you have food poisoning and you can't eat anything after, like eat that same thing again because it made you sick. Just be like, I just can't even smell it without getting nauseous. Like just you can pick something gross. <laughs> it gives me explosive diarrhea. Like you, everyone, anyone who's pressuring you, it's because they don't feel confident in their actions and they need everybody to be doing what they're doing because that means what they're doing is right and it's not bad and it, they shouldn't worry about it. But you just, you can, you can come up with as elaborate of a lie as you want if that for you, if they will take that more than they'll take, I don't 
like drinking, like it can even just be like, I just don't like the taste. Like, I just think it's gross. I don't, I don't have any desire to get drunk. Like that's it. And I can't promise though with your family that that's going to be, they're going to take that because again, it seems from what you've said that they're the, the reason you've got a lot of trauma around alcohol and they presumably don't have a good relationship with alcohol. So seeing someone who's choosing to abstain is going to feel like a personal threat. And there's honestly like, I, it sucks to say there's like truly nothing you can do about that. Like if they're going to take it personally, they're going to take it personally. And you can test out some other lies and just see and what, what fits best and what, or like even just suss out and like plant the seed early on. And like, yeah, I'm trying to have like weird stomach things. Like I don't like, it's just not whatever it is. Or I'm hungover from last night because I went out with my friends and I really don't want to drink. Like you can do whatever and people who are going to pressure you to drink, honestly, A, don't deserve your truth if that's not something you feel confident or comfortable or safe telling them. But also you don't owe anyone anything. And this is just like a survival tactic coping mechanism with what's coming up. So I would truly just... This sounds bad. I would set your expectations low for the interactions with your family because I think the only way that they're gonna be what like be happy or okay or whatever is if you validate them by saying, "Oh, we don't have drinking problems." By you also getting hammered, and like that's not gonna happen. So just knowing that there's no right answer there for people who are in denial about their own issues, and it's about them. It's not about you. And then for friends. I think exactly what Melissa said, where it's like, I'm just, I don't want to. And anyone who's going to pressure you, they're not your friends and they're not good people. They're not people you want to surround yourself with. And I just cannot imagine having someone tell me like, oh, I don't drink. And me asking them now that I don't drink, but like when I did drink heavily, I'm sure I would have been like, why? And that's because I didn't have a good relationship with alcohol. Yeah, I would be like, oh, you're boring. And that was really immature of me and really like, I I just, and honestly, when I first started college, I didn't drink. And I would tell people and they would say things like me. It it didn't bother me. But then like. You internalized it. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't even say I internalized it. I just, it just didn't bother me. But then I did want to, it wasn't even because everybody was doing it. Because I still had some friends that didn't drink, but I just wanted to drink. I just, I didn't want to drink until I was actually 21. And I didn't really start drinking until I was 21. You know, and I, when I did start drinking, I did drink a lot. But, um, but it was still, it was more like, it didn't, it, like I said, with friends and things, it didn't bother me at all. And if I were, I know Megan's like lie, but like for me, I'm more like if people are bothering me so much that it like they're they're making me uncomfortable. I feel like they don't deserve to be comfortable. So then I do drop the truth. Dude, that's sometimes that's a little if, if it goes too far, I'm like. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to make you really fucking uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I was preparing myself for things, even when I came here, it, it, things that didn't have to do with drinking, just other aspects of my life. And I had things on like ready on the go for what I was going to say to people. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they were all true. Like it was things that were truthful about them. 
Luckily, I haven't had to use any of them, but I was prepared if I needed to. They're like Mm -hmm. fucking logged in your brain. The Quizlet cards are like, I know what I've got responses for X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. But luckily, I haven't had to use it. But for me, I I would just like, I, I wouldn't, because the thing is like, if you think that they have a drinking problem or you see that they have a drinking problem and then you're lying about drinking too much and you can't drink that to me, it just does. It's not this. It it makes things more complicated because they're like, well, you do drink. Yeah, but your thing I mean, is like, I don't want to be that example. Like I don't drink and I don't want to be on the same. I don't want you to compare me to you. Yeah. I think I understand that. I just think when you live with someone and especially someone who does not have a good relationship with alcohol, I assume that you're somewhat financially dependent or at least housing wise. And at that point, total honesty about a substance, like excessive substance use. If someone doesn't want to confront it in themselves, then they're they're not going to. And it's a little bit easier to do that with a little bit of some separation. But... I just, yeah, I just like truly think that there's, it's again, it's not, I just don't think that there's anything that you could say that your family would deem valid. So I don't, I think all, anything you say, I think is going to be weighed the same, whether in their eyes, whether it's the truth, whether it's a lie, I think it's all probably going to be seen as a personal attack. So it's whatever, you know, your safety more than anyone else and your like well-being that... You can really just say, like, I just don't like alcohol. I don't like it. And if they want, like, well, try this one. It's like, I don't want to. I don't want to. And at that point, if you maintain. Goofy at some point. If you maintain the same, like, even keel and you're just like, I I just don't want to. And then just try and change the subject. If they keep going for it, like, yeah, they're going to feel so goofy. And just like they realize that they're being like, come on, come on to their like 21 year old kid begging them to drink and it's like you know what like this really isn't fun for me anymore I thought we were gonna hang out and have a good time and like I don't want to drink and if that's like a deal breaker for you like I'll just go hang out with my friends and if you can approach it from that perspective and it's hard to kind of be very even keeled in the situations especially when you're seeing a problem that they clearly have that they're not seeing removing yourself before you get it becomes like a really emotional and like re-traumatizing kind of event for you because that's not how you should be like celebrating your birthday, even if you're not celebrating by drinking, like you can just celebrate getting a year older. And if y'all are going out to eat and they are like, you're in public and they're pressuring you order the drink. And then when the server walks off, go talk to like, say you have to go to the bathroom, go talk to them and be like, Hey, you can charge for alcoholic beverages, but I don't want alcohol in my drink. So please don't give me an alcohol. Give me the, virgin like maybe order something that somebody else at the table is ordering so then they don't want to try your drink and um just get up and go tell them hey don't put alcohol in mine yeah i've always found bartenders like at any like restaurants events Mm -hmm. whatever anytime that i'm with people who are ordering alcohol and i'm not getting alcohol like they're very making sure that i'm getting my non-alcoholic drink and then they're if we're at a restaurant they're refilling my things really quick they're Mm -hmm. at like they're they're protective of yeah because yeah. they don't know they don't know like if you are actually an alcoholic and you're trying to you know you don't want to drink but again the pressure or you're just not a drinker and they they recognize that 
And I think some bartenders are just some or uh, wait staff are just some of the kindest people. So they're going to they watch out for you. Yeah. And I've had before where I've gone on like dates or I've been at places where I like didn't want to talk about not mm-hmm. that I don't drink. So I would order a like soda water and lime. And yep. I always would then have the bartender if I walk up with other people, they're like, do you want the same? And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. great. Thank and they're you. like, I got you. And when you do the initial order, they say like, yep. I got you. Yeah. Like they know. So there's they've seen everything. They've seen like people Mm -hmm. who are pregnant who haven't announced it yet. They see people who are in recovery or people who are surrounded by people who clearly need to be in recovery and they're not. And so like in that moment, you can have a safe person in that like it's not putting anything on them by just being like, hey, and for them, they want to know you leave a nice tip. Like, that's great. Mm -hmm. Like you even even if you don't have a ton of disposable income and you're able to add in a couple extra dollars to the tip, you call the restaurant later, you say the manager and you say that this this waiter, this bartender was like fantastic and really, really mm-hmm. great. And I just wanted you to know that like it was exemplary, exemplary. I can't say that word, but like fantastic service. And I appreciated them immensely. So, yeah. And the last thing I'll say is that like for anyone who was like me, who would make comments on when people weren't drinking when I was drinking, I, when I stopped drinking, a lot of people didn't give a shit and a lot of people didn't ask. And I had met new friends who really didn't care. And then some people did comment on it. And it was really easy for me to tell early on who was commenting on it because they were insecure about their drinking and they were good people, but they just had drank too much and were feeling pretty self-conscious versus people who couldn't see me as anything other than like a threat to their worldview and their stability in their social life. And it got pretty easy to tell. And at that age, also, and I've said so many times, people are always fucking relieved when you're the first person to say that you're not drinking because whether they're like, I have a fucking meeting tomorrow, I have a job interview, I'm babysitting, I'm hungover, whatever the thing is, most people continue drinking more often than they should because of peer pressure. And even if it's not explicit, like your parents telling you to drink, it's just like a like a, a social norm or what's expected. And every time I've gone to a wedding and I'm like, oh, I don't drink, three to five people are like, oh, you're not going to drink. I'm not going to drink either tonight. Like people mm-hmm. love seeing that. And if you're not seeing that in your immediate friend group right now, A, I would branch out. Doesn't mean you have to cut those people off, but be friends with other people who've experienced other things. And it will get to that point at that age. It's just, it's a hard age to not socially not drink. It's a socially hard age to not drink, but it's not impossible. And I have absolutely zero regrets. And I would say, I could say a regret is that I like didn't stop drinking sooner, but I don't think that I would have continued to like not drink for years and years and years if I had stopped any sooner than that. So you'll find your people and just know that like it's the right decision for you and anyone else's opinions. Just say more about them than you. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's take a break. (laughs) 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I I, I love, I love everything about it. So I'm so excited Uh, for someone who like, (laughs) you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is 
it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We're back from our break. Woo. Now is a great... What is up with your tongue today? Is your, are your lips so dry? Always. I'm so glad you brought that up, everybody, um, because now we can promote our Patreon where you can watch the video <laughs> version and you can see my tongue. No, you know what I really think it is? Mott's commented on this yesterday, Sunday. So, so much of our drive, we drove for like 24 hours straight, not straight, but like in total of our two days, we drove for 24 hours. Um, and so much of it was so stressful. So I had to be like completely silent. I like couldn't like he was so anxious. And like this wasn't like I he told me like don't talk, don't move or whatever. But that's my response when silent people are time. yeah, when my people are really anxious and really stressed. Like I just I really retreat and I'm like, if you need like tell me what you need, but if you don't need anything, like I'm just gonna shut the fuck up. And when we were out of it, he was like, You're being so extra weird. He goes, I think like you just need to get it out. Like, I think your body was like, oh, I'm done with, the, like, I'm just going to shut down. He's like, but I don't think any of it went away. Like, I think it was just like building up. 
And I didn't realize, like, I literally just kept making weird noises with my mouth. I kept just like doing all of like the stimmy things that I do. And I was just doing them in excess without realizing. And he was like, yeah, I think it's literally like you're you were going to combust and we've been in a car sitting. So I think that's part of it is still it's they're still coming out. Okay. well, Hmm. next call. (laughs) Woo. I'm Megan and Melissa. First of all, I just want to say I've been a longtime listener and I really love both of you and appreciate your advice. Y'all have gotten me through a lot. So I'm a 24 year old female and I'm looking for some advice on a friend situation. So I became friends with this girl. We'll call her Hannah in college and she's been in a long-term relationship with this guy, Jack. I was also in a long-term relationship to the man I'm now married to and that will come up later. So she and this guy were really good together in college, but After graduation, they were kind of outgrowing each other, and it was dying out. The short of this is that he didn't do anything wrong, but after a long series of events, it was going to be better for both of them to end things, so Hannah broke up with him. Fast forward, they break up. My friend moves back to her hometown and starts making the drive to hang out with Jack's one and only best friend. We'll call him Sam. She goes out on the weekends and parties with him, even crashes in his living room, and it becomes clear to me that Sam is actually romantically interested in Hannah. I even recall a time towards the end of Hannah's and Jack's relationship where Hannah had been hanging out with Sam one-on-one and was kind of just talking about how much she just liked the care and attention that Sam was giving her. I suggested she sort the stuff out in her relationship with Jack and stop spending this one-on-one time with Sam. Needless to say, once Hannah and Jack broke up, she kept hanging out with Sam. She insisted she wasn't interested in a romantic relationship with him, but it was pretty clear that he was interested in her. He even asked her to sleep together, and she insists that she set clear boundaries but still continued to hang out with him. Then came a weird turn of events. Hannah starts dating Sam's roommate, Aaron. Like, right in front of Sam, they made out, and she starts spending the night with him. I meet Aaron and immediately get bad vibes. He's way overly affectionate to Hannah with PDA. He's so clingy. Honestly, he's an arrogant asshole. He starts talking about his job and acting like he's the smartest person in the room when he definitely isn't. My husband and I go to dinner with Hannah and Aaron and Hannah's family for her birthday. And after being so annoying and making condescending remarks the entire meal, making rude remarks to her sister and to my husband and I, he starts making racist remarks about Indian people and generalized an entire group of people based on one thing his one Indian friend said to him. I was shocked. It was so inappropriate, not to mention that I spent months living in India myself for work and research and called him out right there on the spot for, like, A, making an inappropriate comment and B, generalizing literally one billion people. Instead of having remorse here in the moment, he just dug in further. So my husband and I left the dinner. We didn't go back to Hannah's house with everyone else after that. And I honestly couldn't bring myself to hang out with her for like three months after. Life got busy. But the whole thing really made me question her as a person too. If she's so in love with this guy who's honestly kind of trash. Like, not to mention the way she went about getting in a relationship with him in the first place. I guess I'm wondering if I'm a bad friend for not really wanting to hang out with her anymore. She was one of my closest friends. She even attended my wedding, which only 20 people did. And now she feels like a different person. I'm not sure if it's someone I want to be friends with, or maybe I'm just blowing this out of proportion and she needs some time to just figure her shit out. This is what I mean when I say that we want the drama. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to give you, I don't have a diamond to give you. I could give you a rose. (laughs) Because that's my little name. I won't, I won't step on your toes. Also, to be fair. No, you can if you want to. But I mean, I feel like another, another franchise. Okay, you get to be real housewives and I get to be the bachelor. Like that fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) But mine is specifically real housewives, Beverly Hills, and they suck. So. Hmm. Well, I mean, that otherwise I think the other options would be like to 
your middle name would be Orange, or what else do they hold? Potomac holds champagne flutes. Champagne. I knew Atlanta. someone whose last name was Champagne. Uh, yeah, Peach, Atlanta. Peach is cute. Anyway, I think she sucks. <laughs> like, honestly, she just seems like somebody that's not a good person with the way that she treats other people. And I'm sure there are other signs that you probably haven't picked up on. But if she tolerates this guy and is okay with that, then that's not cool with me. Like, you are the company that you keep. And if you keep if you keep staying around someone that you claim to be in love with and want to s- spend at least this portion of your life with, then even if she changed, maybe there are things like she might it, but it might have been small things. Like I think back about one of my friends, the former friends that I cut off, and like there was a big thing that really was the end of our friendship but then when I started looking back on our friendship in the past there were she she was always making little comments saying little things that I just kind of brushed on the rug and laughed off but all this all the signs were there She, she showed me who she was and I just didn't want to see the full picture until it got the snowball got so big that I couldn't just pile it wasn't just one snowflake it turned into a huge shit pile after like you know snow after it's been driven through by a car and gets absolutely disgusting unbearable and you don't want to be around it that's what she was but like that's i i think that that's like so common like we need a catalyst to see all of the other Mm -hmm. things like i always say that um like red flag, I said this in my book, but like red flags, are like blurry stop signs. And so like, we can kind of see them, but we're like, mm, I don't know what that says. And like, well, you can move past them. But like a red flag is something that usually you double back and you're like, okay, now let me see. But you have to weigh it against the context. So when you haven't seen any like other bad behavior, it's really easy to explain away things that kind of give you pause until something so big happens that it then that becomes the center of it and you find everything else to corroborate that versus like, well, they've always been good. I can't think of anything really bad they've done. So the rest of these Mm -hmm. things must just be, you know, little or insignificant. But I agree. I think she's awful and it does not seem like she's a good person. You're 24 and I've always said, and I mean, science says like your frontal lobes develop at 25. But like for me personally, the difference of, not only like not just me as a person, but like my mindset, my outlook, it was like someone snapped the rest of the Legos into place between the ages of 24 and 25. So like there was a lot of shift in my life of friendships. Also just how I, what kind of friendships I sought out, what kind of relationships I sought out, how I operated with the people who were already a part of my life and like how I would suss out new people. Like, and it wasn't a conscious decision. It just everything clicked, like everything just, Mm -hmm. I knew myself a lot more and other people were going through the same thing. And so there were other people who were getting to know themselves a lot more. And for me, I was like, holy shit, you feel like you fucking changed like a full, like 180 overnight. And it was like, oh, as I've been coming into myself and feeling more confident in who I am and like being like, wow, I really know myself. That's what this person is doing. And I just don't like this person now. And like, 
that's my prerogative. It's their prerogative to change and to be whatever it is that they are. But like, it's not my responsibility to wait around or to assume that this is a phase because I'm going through a big transformation period in my life. And like, again, this is literally just your brain. It's not about what you're doing in your life at that point. It's just your brain. And if something changes with her and she is different again, and like you want to have a relationship and she wants to pursue that, like, that's totally fine. But I also like, (laughs) I do judge my friends based on how they behave in their other relationships, their other friendships, their other romantic relationships. Like I don't look at us as a completely isolated from every other relationship they have. Like I, we've said this so many times before, but like when people are like, oh, well, this person's never done anything bad to me. I'm like, you tell me you don't like someone. And we said it like you, I've sent you TikToks and you go, oh, I don't like this person. I go, oh, we hate them. You're going to tell me why? I'm just, I I don't even need to be told why. I'm just like, cool. That's, that's kind of- I have a bad feeling about this person. I don't know why yet, but there's and just go, something okay, I like. Melissa, I log on every high alert. single <laughs> one. And then I go, okay, Melissa had a bad vibe. Let me put that in the catalog because we've never been wrong about our bad vibes. And then I'll see a video that goes, the bad vibes, the omen came true. And then I said to you, and you're like, wow, I should, I should always keep that in mind. And I was like, I never forget when you tell me you have a bad vibe about someone. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. So like, so how someone treats their romantic partners shows me how they treat people that they care about. And if they care about me, why would I be exempt from this behavior in a non-romantic version? And, or I don't want to condone this behavior. So like I've had friends who've been in relationships where they've been like the bad guy and like they've done something really shitty. And I will always suss out the emotional like levels of people, but I will be like, can I tell you my unfiltered opinion? I'm not just going to like dish it out on people. And if they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I think that was really sucky. And as you're, and this this is the term I always say, I was like, as your friend, it like really hurt me to see you do that because that's not my friend. Like that's not someone who the person that I love and care about would never do that to someone. And I think if I did that, I know you and I know that you love me and I would fucking hope and assume that you would be like, what the fuck is she doing? Like, I don't want you to blindly cheer on my bad decisions. If shit blows up in my face and I ask for your honest opinion, give me your honest opinion. And I do that with my friends as well. But like, there's a really big difference between knowing a friend is going through a rough time and maybe isn't the best friend for you and isn't really there for you versus feeling culpable in someone's bad decision making in relationships and how they treat other people. And as someone who like, not in romantic relationships, but like in friendships where I've been friends with people who like, they've treated me like shit publicly. And then we'd have other friends who are around and didn't say anything. Like I remember those people too. And I would never want if I'm out with someone and someone's saying something awful or being really fucking shitty or whatever. Like if you can look and say that her ex was a really good guy and you can see what she's done is like really not, really not good. I wouldn't want to be associated with someone who's continually hurting people and not learning and growing from it. Like to me, like that says a lot about my character. And I think that all of your instincts are correct. That like, this isn't about the guy that she's dating. It's about her and how she could have a relationship with this guy. And I think like your original analogy, like this has snowballed for you to kind of 
take a step back at her other relationships and then make you evaluate your relationship with her, which I think is the most mature and smartest thing to do. Because when people treat other people badly, they will treat you badly. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to stick around for that. Like I'm here for the growth, but I don't need to be there for the process. Like you do that on your own, like circle back when you're out of this and this is better, but it's not your responsibility. Your instincts are right. You should not be friends with her. If she changes, you can cross that bridge when it comes to it. But like, I don't think you should hold out waiting and anticipating that to happen when you've seen no moves towards positive change, only negative change. All right. Uh, You're like, you guys just came back from a break. Yeah, well, things change. We're going to take one more break. Stop questioning us. (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And we're back. And it's time for Don't Blame Them. Don't Blame Them. You might be wondering, what is this amazing segment? And it's so aptly titled. Megan and Melissa, all of your podcasts have names that can be fixed into small little segments so well. And yes, we did think that out. We are our own branding consultants. So Don't Blame Them is where listeners call in with their own advice pertaining to previous calls we've had on other episodes. So maybe they listened and they heard something in the call that we didn't really touch on, or they had another idea. Maybe they're a professional in the space that the call pertains to. Maybe they have personal experience or they've experienced it by proxy, or they are just incredibly passionate and are aspiring podcasters of their own. But um, if you're an aspiring podcaster of your own, streets are rough out here. Hi, I'm calling in as a don't blame them for your episode titled Husband Makes Me Wrap My Own Gift. My call is regarding a caller who is an ex-religious person from Utah who is struggling with getting a quote-unquote ick during sex. A little about me and why I called in. I'm a 22-year-old female in Utah who is an ex-Mormon slash ex-LDS. They're the same. They're both names for the same religion, um, which I'm assuming is the high-demand religion in Utah the caller is referring to, or at least a similar one. I love Megan Melissa's advice about finding a therapist and about opening the lines of communication with the caller's partner. These are both super important and fantastic advice. I wanted to build upon those and add my advice as someone who has and is currently still going through this process. For listeners and Megan and Melissa, I think it's important that people understand the teachings around sex in this religion. Mormons aren't allowed to masturbate, take off any clothing with a partner, or have any sexual contact before marriage. Technically, even making out is off limits, although the wording in the official teachings makes it a gray area, and most Mormons still do. When a person gets married, it's like a switch, and suddenly everything is allowed after the wedding. This can make sex difficult, even for married members, as our brains struggle with that flip. Knowing this, I agree with Megan and Melissa that a therapist is a good option, but I would suggest that you find a non-Mormon or non-LDS therapist. Many therapists here in Utah are Mormon and may have biases, which could make these conversations difficult or make progress more difficult. Um, Finding a community is also important. When I left the church, I found an ex-Mormon group that met in the city closest to me and went to activities that they planned. This helped me to make friends who understood my upbringing and provided relationships where I could talk about sex and other topics my Mormon friends wouldn't discuss. They also could have great therapist recommendations. Anyways, I hope you're able to talk to your partner and figure things out to make your sex to make your sex life even better. Thank you. 
my ignorance out here. I, it never even crossed my mind. (laughs) I was to say, I don't want to offend anyone. I really don't care if you're offended. Um, That like Mormon, like actively practicing Mormons would be therapists. Like I would just think that they would just do church related things because the, the, you wouldn't be able to do therapy. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I completely don't. (laughs) I mean, in the sense that, like, how many, like, would you would only be able to have Mormon clients because so much of the things that people would want to talk about, like, whether it's like substance or whatever, like, it would have to, I could only ever see that as being like conversion or a religious, like, uh, like a Bible study kind of thing. Like, it's not coming at it from like well, the topics that you could talk about would be so limited and all would end up going back to God that like that to me is just like so counterproductive and I could imagine a lot of people who get therapy who are in the Mormon community who are maybe trying to like leave the Mormon community get a Mormon religious therapist who just that just adds to the religious trauma and could really make your your viewpoint and experience with therapy like so negative which is not what you need at that point so didn't even think to mention that because it didn't even cross my mind um which is my bad so I wholeheartedly agree with that um and I think we said in the episode but like I am all constantly on (laughs) ex-mormon tiktok and that's a great Therapy is really great to get your feelings validated and like to have someone hear you. But um, I think for something that's like when you've been harmed by a really large organization, sometimes it's also helpful to hear from a large group of people who have also been harmed, not just one person who's validating your personal experience. I think they sh- you should have that. But then also having a lot of other people say like, that was my experience too. And it's not okay. It, it makes it it validates how this is uh, an issue on a, not a personal level on like a, a huge mass level with all these other people. Yeah. That's why I said, try to connect with those uh, swingers. (laughs) That I like, I want to go back to that. I mean, I, I don't know much about it. So maybe it was like a very traumatic experience for like people involved, but like, I just like miss the days of, absolutely unhinged drama of people I've literally never heard about before. And like, you know, it's, it's sex, it's consensual sex. It's, yeah, it's nothing dangerous. It's nothing bad. Like I miss that yeah. drama. Yeah. Because like, I'm sure they probably, or maybe might have some of the same traumas and they express it by being swingers. So do you think any Mormon therapist would suggest that? I think that there's a lot more freaks than you think there are. I mean, I, I don't mean freaking I know like freaks. weird, weirdo type no, way. Okay. I mean, freaks are in sexy freaks. Yeah. Getting down dirty. Yeah. And just like watching Real Housewives. Of, and I know that they're not a great example as of any, but like. Yeah, like they're they'll they'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, I think of all of the religions, Mormonism is the largest one that has the most people like leaving 
So, uh, because I think it, if you think of like ratios, do you know what I mean? Like Catholics can say this as someone who's could have been raised Catholic if their <laughs> parents' lives had ended up differently. No, no, but I was going to say, so like Catholicism is huge and like a lot of people leave like the extreme Catholic and the not so extreme parts, but Mormonism isn't as big. And I think lots of people are leaving, especially young people who are seeing other people with experiences the same as them. So think that there's a good you could find the swingers or maybe you could just find other people on tiktok but let us know are you going to do the swinging round or the stationary round (laughs) oh that got me good all right next don't blame them Woo! hi megan and melissa i am calling in for a don't blame them i just listened to the episode feeling misled on a date and my call is in regards to the caller's call (laughs) about internalized fat phobia. Um, I don't have anything to add. I just wanted to call and give like my most sincerest gratitude for both of your responses. They were so thoughtful um, and just, I'm somebody who struggled with an eating disorder for a long time. I'm 30, pronouns say she. Um, And your, Megan and Melissa's, your both of your responses felt so healing to me. Um, and if I could have gotten this response and insight when I was 21, I know that, you know, it just really would have changed so much in my perspective on my body and other people. Um, I just, I just want to say thank, thank you so much. <laughs> um, I'm a longtime listener. Um, I resonate with a lot of the advice that you give. You two are truly always right. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Oh my God. That was so nice. Are you trying to make me cry? Yeah. Oh my God. It's also full circle because the first call was that calling. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't know when I was, when I picked it. I think also like we don't, we talk about like personally, like our past and like who we were like a lot. And you can all, we also have it recorded and like how our opinions have changed, like our views have changed. But uh, like always my goal with this is like, we can't avoid people from getting into bad situations or like, you know, learning life lessons. But like, there are a lot of things in life that I think are maybe not totally avoidable, but if I had been given the tools or been given Mm -hmm. a map and directions, I would have ended up where I ended up a lot sooner and like without as much trauma or it wouldn't have been as like trying. And I think that like, that's always the goal. And I know people use that in terms of parenting that you could like give people like the toolbox. And we're obviously not parenting you listeners, but like, I think that I personally learn so much from our audience and from like our listeners and yeah. our Facebook group and like people, people tell us and inform us shit of like that we've said that's insensitive or incorrect all the time. And we're, we welcome that information. Like we're so happy for it. Like if, if this had been a sounding board and even like we had been a sounding board and like you hadn't corrected me on certain things, like I, th- I not only would the podcast have suffered, but like we personally, I personally would have suffered. And 
I think fat phobia is one of the hardest things and the thing that really has its fucking grip on our society. And I had lots of conversations about this over the holidays with um, people who are older than me and trying to like, you know, direct, uh, gently direct certain things or certain statements or whatever. And it's something that I think deserves so much of our attention because I think it's getting a lot worse and there are people who are understanding and being more inclusive and knowing that like same things are politically incorrect or politically not incorrect but like I mean politically correct or not politically correct but I do think that along with the alt-right and the toxic masculinity, these things are all folded in together. And anyone who's like struggling with body image, I say this from like a place of understanding and a place of relating and a place of love, you become really susceptible to the alt-right, which sounds extreme, but it it, it is. And the the more that like, <laughs> I think like specifically as women, we can learn how to like heal our body image and work on our body neutrality and all of all of this like we are so much more whole to fight other things and um it gives it empowers us to like also recognize that it's not our fault in all of that so i'm glad that that resonated with you a lot and um yeah i i i appreciate it because I think I agree. I think I don't want to put us on a pedestal, but like the things that we share here again, I it's because I wish I heard someone else say that because I think it would have changed the tra- trajectory of my life. And I don't want anyone who doesn't need to suffer to to suffer because I didn't need to suffer. <laughs> like I just yeah. didn't have the tools. Yeah. And like we say all the time, we're not professionals. We're speaking from our own life experience. We're not coming from a place that is objective. We're not coming from a place that is, um, you know, like, like if we were a therapist, we can't give our own opinions and things. So everything that we're sharing are things that come from us. They're our own thoughts. There's nothing to measure against. And like, you know, as we've said before, like for other people, you know, you're not going to applaud a fish for swimming but you know but we're you know we're thankful it's good to get that feedback just to know that we're on the right trajectory with things and if we're not just tell us give us specific examples so that we know and like it didn't naturally come to us like we put in the work to do that and a lot of that work was you know people people like informing us of things that like, oh, this is not the best way to phrase this or this is this. And then we take that valid criticism and we do the research and then we like see the TikToks Mm -hmm. and we we cultivate like making sure that we're constantly learning and we don't pick calls that we can't offer anything for. But we also know that like our two experience, lived experiences is not everybody else's. So we do try Mm -hmm. to make a conscious effort to educate ourselves on other people's lived experience so we can not like I think it's I think it's easy to be empathetic I think it's harder and more intentional to be educated on something and um as I we I'm glad that people can attribute like our podcast to that but so much of our education and my education has also come from 
listeners. So it really feels like a symbiotic relationship. And I appreciate that. Like, it's always the greatest compliment to me when someone corrects me on something that I've said, because to me, that is like, I see your character. I see you. I think you're better than this. And I'm going to give, I'm going to let you know and take this with what you will. Cause like, if you think someone's a lost cause, you're not going to correct them. You're just going to ghost as two ghosters, you know, you're just going to ghost and pass on by. But like when someone gives me the opportunity to be like a better person and to change, like that's so nice. Like that's like really, really kind. And I think that like, if I ever didn't think if that wasn't the mindset that I had, I, I think I'd be really stuck in my ways and my ways weren't, formed based on education and like all these things it was just my life and like my experience and um I'm glad that this this is uh it's mutual for people and I got recommended maintenance phase podcast about body image from like somebody else and I've recommended it to countless people after that and I think the, the sharing of insight and information on like healing ourselves is not something we should ever gatekeep and the more we talk about those resources we're we do better for ourselves but also everybody else in our lives so appreciate that a lot so nice all right we're now at the end of the episode it's time to to say goodbye If you want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. And same thing with Don't Blame Them. If you've been on a previous episode and you want to give us an update, shoot us an email, meganpodcast at gmail.com. We can organize and schedule that. And leave us a review on the podcast app. Go comment on our Instagram Oh, you know what? This is like so stupid, but like, I really am curious about this. Tell me, tell us, not just me, not to cut you out. Tell us something you want to learn how to like make or do this year. Like I always go to like recipe wise, something you want to like learn how to make. But if it's like a pottery thing or whatever, I'm like not into New Year's resolutions or like the very like really reflective, deep kind of things. Those make me severely uncomfortable, especially in a public forum. But I think that like one of you, Melissa, your like like things for 2023 is like you want to get back into the things that you did as a kid and like these hobbies mm-hmm. and stuff. And I've been thinking about that and like I want to do something more. Is macro big picture, right? I want to say more yeah. micro for me. Micro and small. Yeah. yeah I, that's what I was pretty sure of. So I want to do more like micro of like, I want to learn how to make, I really want to learn how to make eggs benedict, but with like, you know, a gluten-free, dairy-free eggs benedict. I want to learn mm-hmm. to how to do air dried pottery, like th- just some small, like little things that um, I'm, and I'm seeking I'm seeking input from other people and what they want to learn how to do, like recipe, whatever. You can make it deep if you want, but, um, you know, it's a intentional thought that uh, I think is good for the new year. I like that. And for my notes app where I write down, I also want a quilt. Oh, do I know my real thing is most of them? And I haven't done anything for this because whatever. Should I talk about, let's, I'll talk about it in the next episode for tomorrow. Yeah. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. See you next Tuesday. Not 
See You Next Tuesday. The show's called See You Next Tuesday. It'll be out tomorrow, Tuesday. And then you've got the rest of our lineup for the week. So buckle in, bitches. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso.